0: The following program is paid for by the Hawkeye Huddle. Brought to you by Angie Lancaster Remax, g 5th Street Pub, and AMPM Plumbing. Now, live from g 5th Street Pub in Valley Junction, this is
1: the Hawkeye Huddle with your hosts, David Creighton Jr. and Brett Ridge. And hello again, everybody. Brett Ridge here with you. Uh, in studio this week, David is on the, uh, kind of on the road. You're just over in Iowa City playing golf uh, today, I think not related to the University of Iowa, uh, but uh, over there in Iowa City. So he's on the line with us, and we're not a G mix But that's cool. Either way, we're going to have a good time talking the world of the Iowa Hawkeyes here on 102.1 FM and 1350 ESPN Des Moines. Uh, Good afternoon, David. Did you get a good afternoon? Did you get a round of golf in? We
0: did. Excellent. uh, Our uh, good friend Mark Waziski and I played at uh, Finkbine today. We won. Our uh, today's outing, and we will go forward. Hopefully, winning tomorrow and Thursday at Riverside.
1: Ah, I didn't realize this was a this was a, a competition uh, that you're in. Uh, it's always in, a
0: competition,
1: Brad. When I, you play golf, I, I, I know. Yeah,
0: either you either, yeah. you either yeah, play sure. for exercise, you play for money. <laughs> so today we played for money.
1: <laughs> Very good. Well, I I will t- so uh, Mark, of course, is uh, one of the one of the guys that sits with us at the games each week, and he. He was witnessed this week, along with us, to the Hawkeyes' 41 to 10 victory over Western Michigan. Um, I, I think an encouraging game in a lot of different ways. But I, I thought one of the funny things that we noted right out of the right out of the shoot, um, for those who are not uh, able to catch this, Iowa has started a new thing in the last couple of years where they have a live hawk, a live bird. Hello right, that, that they send out of the press box right before...
0: But just like Auburn.
1: yeah, Right, and it, uh, they send him out of the press box before they uh, before um the tunnel walk, right, and he is supposed to go down and land somewhere near the 50-yard line. This week, Walter the Hawk, I'm not sure it's been Walter before, but Walter the Hawk kind of got his way... He was lost, wasn't he? He was kind of hovering over the crowd, zigging and zagging back and forth, and then David, he... Zoomed around and landed right smack dab in the middle of the Tiger Hawk on the 50-yard line to the raucous cheers of the Iowa crowd. But we said at the time, you know, I wonder if that's how this game is going to go. I think that's how the game went, right? Iowa found themselves after a while. They zigged and zagged around and then eventually found themselves right smack dab in the middle of where they wanted to be uh, with that second half where they held Western Michigan to uh 35 yards one first down and of course cranked up 254 rushing yards overall on the day uh 287 if you take away the sacks that they had on cade mcnamara and that's something we haven't seen since 2019.
0: no it was great um as i sat there and watched the the hawks run the ball i kept thinking to myself i love it when we run the football and, and we have success and and dominate the line of scrimmage. And certainly in the second half, Iowa did that. And, you know, Western Michigan's not uh, elite. Uh, Penn State, obviously, going to provide a much larger challenge. But the fact that they were able to do it and finally, and finally get some push uh, from that offensive line all throughout the offensive line with the tight ends is very encouraging for, for what's coming forward as we enter the Big Ten season. Obviously discouraging news today with Caleb Johnson and Jazz Patterson out for for the Penn State game, but encouraging for the freshman who stepped in and and did a great job.
1: Yeah, you know, LaShawn Williams goes for 145 yards, plus he had the 40-yard TD reception. But Kamari Moulton looked great. He's he's not quite as big as a couple of the other backs, but he did uh, grab 50 yards and a couple of touchdowns. And, uh, you know, uh, it, the Washington kid looked pretty good, too. Um, so I, I think there's, there's guys there that can certainly run the ball, particularly if you're opening holes like Iowa did the other day. And I, I thought the, the one thing about the holes that they opened is, was they weren't too tricky, right? Uh, they should be the types of plays you should be able to block against anybody as long as you're not just getting beat right off the line. There should be something there for them this week. And, and the way R- Williams runs and hits the hole uh, I felt like you know he was giving him uh, everybody everybody else credit uh, on the post game, but uh, you got to give him credit for hitting the hole hard and fast and and sort of slithering his way through uh, what what are really kind of tight tight um, uh, alleyways right in the middle of that defense on that inside zone blocking.
0: Yeah, no question, no question, and and I think the biggest the biggest difference between the Western Michigan game and the first two. Was the push that the offensive line was getting? They they were getting off the ball and and, and pushing, and owning the line of scrimmage. Um, you know, take out the sacks, and I think Iowa was averaging like seven yards a rush. Um, obviously, a fifty yarder or whatever will will help that. But nevertheless, it was just it was it was great to see. And and it, you know, Iowa scored forty one points, the most in is it three years two years. 2019 I don't know it seems like a long time since we scored more than 31
1: it was uh we had 51 at uh at uh, Maryland I think at yeah, Maryland yeah, right? yeah a, a few years back so it's been it has been a while since they've done that and certainly and, and you know okay a two-point safety but um no no defensive touchdowns to uh, add into that um of course the tack on Max White touchdown at the end of the game, which seemed to uh, upset the Western Michigan Coats, but you know, whatever. Oh, uh, whatever. You, 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 whatever. Max White, uh, a story, a, a, a story in his own, uh, coming from Cedar Abs Kennedy, all-time leading rusher up there, and uh, actually, I, 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 he's the son of Brian White, who went to high school at Linmar with me. Um, I didn't didn't know Brian that well, but I'm just saying, uh, no big in, deal, right? In either way, and 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 I believe it was his grandfather was an Ironman, right? I mean, this is a kid who was born to be an Iowa Hawkeye, and he finally gets his chance to play. Give him the ball, let him score; it's fine. And Western, if that's what upset the Western Michigan coach, pfft, whatever. Um, in any case, great story there. People who were following me on X, or formerly Twitter, may have noticed that in the first half, I was it's a little bit—I was a little bit testy. Is it still Twitter? Is that what it is? I don't know.
0: I call it Twitter. Yeah, I I
1: tweet right. I post or tweet whatever. But you, yeah, um, X. it's X. But I. The point is, uh, I I I think uh, they may have noticed me changing my tune as things went because because things started to roll. But here was the question that I had, David, because Iowa came out and obviously Kay McNamara um, they threw. Uh, actually, Iowa ran the ball twice and gained like twenty yards. Then threw a pick. Then they got the ball back, and they started running down the field again, using the same blocking, just going straight ahead, moving the football. And insanely, on a third and three, or second and three, on a second and three, Brian Ferentz decides to toss in a, a, a jet sweep. This is the type of stuff that make people frustrated with him, right? It, it, let's right. not do what's working. Let's go away to a crazy play that— that rarely works, by the way. I mean, I know there's statistics. Oh, when it does work, it works great. Yeah, when it does work, it works great. But you're owning the line of scrimmage. You were going to own the line of scrimmage. He ends up with the with the, the the end around that loses four yards. Next play, Luke Lachey gets hurt down for the year because we had to throw the ball rather than run the football. Not saying that he wouldn't well, get hurt. Well, that's not but
0: why Luke Lachey I, got hurt.
1: I, I, I know. I'm just saying. And then we miss a field goal. And uh, then you know, it, it, there goes there goes Western Michigan uh, down the field again. I it it drives me insane. This is this is the thing. I, I, I because after that, I thought after that he just went logical. He just realized, oh, I don't I don't have to do that. I don't have to do anything. But here's our basic package this week. Let's use that. And sometimes I just wonder if the game plan includes. Okay, here's what I'm going to throw in this play to keep them off balance, whatever. But I I was just, I was just out of my mind. And by the way, due to medication, not alcohol induced, right? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah.
0: And uh, for those of you who sit around us, um, we, a, we appreciate your patronage. And secondly, wasn't it nice to not have beach balls anyway? um, (laughs) I understand what you're saying. I do. I get it. Um, the, there's a time for trickeration and there's, there's a time to just keep pounding the rock. Um, if you watch the Cleveland Pittsburgh game last night, Cleveland was going down the field, running the ball, running, running, running and all of a sudden he decided to throw a pass and it got picked off. It's like, what are you doing? And I, I think offensive coordinators feel like, well, this can't work again. So we have to do something different. Now you, you poo poo the jet sweep. I mean, we did have a 30 yard run. On a jet sweep, so you you can't say that that play doesn't work. It's just it, the timing of it was was. Well, the
1: one the one to, the one to and Anderson off. was not really a jet sweep as much as it was a, a a reverse, right? That it was a little different action. The jet sweep is just a straight. They're coming across right. the formation. It's a little different action. You're right. We did get one on the end around with Anderson, but I, and I don't completely want to throw the play out I just don't think you need to run it at certain at certain times I don't think you need to run it your game plan's working let's just figure this out right and it's um and, and that's where you know that's why I got frustrated at that point point. and it's where things happen little things in, in big games mean things right and that's where in some of the games that Iowa has lost in the in the past couple of years when they just couldn't score at all this is where Brian has seemingly made some really strange choices. You look at, you go back to last year, of course, you know, not throwing the ball into the end zone at all inside the 10 yard line, right. right? I mean, seven times the entire year, they threw the ball into the end zone last year. Think about that, right? So, you know, and so first and goal, um, there were, I think there were four times last year, they had first and goal that they, that they did nothing but run or throw short of the goal line. So these are the things, if, if people want to know why people are frustrated, uh, other people are frustrated with Brian Ferentz, it's not always about the points which I think I'd like to talk a little bit about now because the drive for 325 is totally alive after the 41 points, but man, that thing has become a national punchline. I don't know. Did you read Scott Dockerman's uh, athletic uh, article on that? This I week? did.
0: I did. And you know what, and I think Dockerman's kind of got to burn a saddle about it. And, and to, to his point, it's it should not be the focal point for what everyone looks at at the end of every Iowa football game. If Iowa scores 41, if where where was the uproar when Penn State ran the quarterback draw or whatever against West Virginia to, to cover with 28 seconds ago on third or fourth down? Uh, the same premise, okay? So so their offensive coordinator doesn't have a point total. The fact of the matter is, is that they could have easily taken a knee. And and done whatever they ran a play with their second team in the guy scores they cover the spread, everyone's happy in Happy Valley, right? Iowa scores a touchdown with the 6th string running back. I mean, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Oh yeah, and, absolutely. And, it, right. And, and now it's a it's but, a national uproar because Brian's trying to pile on points. That's not what he was doing. They were letting those guys who had these are quality reps that the second team doesn't get very often in a game. You let them go. Let him score, and oh, by the way, you know the hero from Cedar Rapids, Kennedy gets a touchdown. That's great.
1: Well, what I what I think stinks about it is that first of all, I'm glad this is this is our this is our time to let's bag on Gary Bard a little bit. Glad he's gone because this this right. silly situation has been created by him. Right, not having a pair of whatever he needed to have to adequately deal with the situation last year and, and the, the putrid offense and and everything. Um, I don't know what Beth Getz is going to do down the road. I don't know how this is going to turn out, but I will tell you that this this is mentioned, right? I wake up Sunday morning, sit out on my porch, having a cup of coffee, scrolling through Stuart Mandel, who I love to read each week after uh, he stays up till 3 right. in the morning. And, of course, so far, the first three weeks, he's had a Brian Ferentz update in his top 25 things to look at in college football. Each week, right? (laughs) Now, that's – any press is good press? I'm not sure, right? And on top of that, I'm watching – I think it was the Kansas City game the other day, and they – right? Because we're on CBS this week, and there's a promo for Iowa-Penn State. Immediately, the guy says, Iowa, of course, struggles with offense routinely, yearly, year in and year out, but they've got the Brian Ferentz watch this year. I mean, it's a national punchline, and they're going to have to figure out a way to escape it at some point in time, Right? Kirk does a great job r- recruiting with, uh, with this over his head right now. I mean, the recruiting class looks pretty good coming in, but this thing has got to stop. And I think we've all got to stop. Uh, you know, I, I, I hit it again myself. I said the drive for three twenty five is alive, but you know what? We got to get beyond this. And I, I hope the way they get beyond this is by playing some good football, and actually scoring sure. some points and beating some teams. Right? Not, not looking into it. In any way, shape, or form, not just winning with defense, but winning with a decent, a decent offense that has developed because the running game's coming along. They figure out how to get Cade uh, right. McNamara going, and and it and it starts to go away because it's getting tiresome. Regret. It's getting tiresome. Let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. If I
0: win six to four on Saturday against Penn State for the second time in the history of man, is anyone going to be upset? Is anyone going to be upset that, that Iowa wins six to four on Saturday? Uh,
1: not if that were to this, happen, not this game, not this game. I, I so, would agree. So he right. gets a pass yes.
0: on this game because he gets a pass Penn because State, Penn State's number, number six in six. the country. Yes. And and what have you? So then it comes back, and then we play Michigan State, who's clearly in turmoil. And so then Iowa comes back the following week in wins I just um uh, hypothetically wins thirty four to seven. So that's forty points in the last two games, so now you're back almost dead nuts on target on the twenty five a game. I mean, are people really going to be talking about this if I was five and oh?
1: Yeah. I, I think until I, mean, I think until they can consi- see at what point will that, it go that, away? I think that's where I'm that's I think that's where I'm going with this discussion. When does it when does it start to be that Iowa's a good football team that we can just talk about that, and I want—I don't know, I don't—I I really don't know, right? It's, I, if they go ten and two this year, but they only average that twenty-five points a game, it'll be part of the storyline when they head to Indianapolis, right? Well, it's just—it's just too—it's just, just too, it's too bad. Thing. I guess I, I'm going to blame again, blame Gary Barter for for coming up with this silly well, thing. Sure. but its, it's, it's just—it's it, stupid
0: to have it in there, and he did that to appease the fans, I think. To, to try and do do this as he's walking out the door. It's like, come on, man. If Beth Gertz, if she gets the job. Come on, man. Which, <laughs> Yeah, right. I mean, but think about it. Why doesn't she just say, you know what? We're uh, tearing up the contract. We're signing Brian to a new two-year deal, and the $325 is out. It,
1: it, you know what? Uh, at this point, as much as I want him to be tested because I think Brian needs to be tested and continue to push, be pushed. I, I I would, I would give you a thumbs up on that all day long. I I just want to, I just want to stop hearing about it. Right. I do. Right. Yeah. Everybody wants to stop
0: hearing about it, but as long as I keep winning, as long as I keep winning, nobody cares. And nobody cares. I mean, the fact that we're ahead of pace now is great, but nobody cares. and, this has been Kirk's point the whole
1: time. All I care about is winning a football now, game. To your point, uh, and this is last point before we go to the break, the the crowd the other day, it was a Gold Rush game, right? And it was a beautiful day right? up until the till it clouded up right before kickoff, which is a whole another thing. Yeah, and then we'll the be, lightning. Right? Stop selling beer while we were sitting there. Anyway. Um,
0: yeah, that was a whole problem. Uh,
1: uh, <laughs> We'll give a shout out to our man Kevin Driscoll, who pointed out adequately that, uh, accurately that you know, throughout the X's and O's, these are the types of broadcasters I want to, I want to hear. Right? Come on. Yeah. Uh, anyway, throw so a beer. Yeah. Right. But anyway, so, but so the crowd. This is Western Michigan. They're terrible, right? But the crowd stayed in it. I thought the crowd uh, uh, helped will the team to to get themselves started. Right now I'm sure they heard uh they got an earful both during the break uh for the lightning oh. and at halftime I'm sure they got an earful from from the coaching staff but the crowd was in it all the way up until and and whoever was left was still in it at the end of the game. Right. It was the most it was the most that I've heard out of an Iowa crowd in terms of being behind the team the loudest I've heard a stadium against a max school I I don't know since Big Ben came in with Miami Ohio
0: since Miami Ohio yeah.
1: I mean Hey, this, right. Yeah. I, 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 kudos to the Iowa crowd. I never heard a boo. I never, never heard a hiss. Now you know, I heard a little
0: a, rumbling after the second interception.
1: Uh, yeah, it was, it was the rumble, rumble, rumble. Right. Right. But that was it. Yeah, remember. Yeah, remember. Yeah. Right.
0: Kudos you to the know, Iowa and, crowd. And you know, but to that point, Cade's got to be better. We have higher expectations for him. Yep. And he's got to be better.
1: Yep. Absolutely. Nine of nineteen is not going to make it happen for him. Uh, we'll, we're going to talk more about that. The Hawks are 3-0, though. They're number 22 in the coaches' poll, number 24 in the AP poll. Ranked again, which is a great a great spot to be, and they got Penn State this week. We'll come back. We're going to grab Tom Caker at HawkeyeReport.com, talk about a little bit more about this game and what he heard in Iowa City today from the coaches and players, and get you set for Penn State. All coming up on the Hawkeye Hull here on 1021 FM and 1350 ESPN Des Moines.
2: This is the voice of Drake Women's Basketball, Hunter Phillips, and the Bulldogs play here on 102.1 FM and 1350
1: ESPN Des Moines. And we're back here in the Hawkeye. Hello, Brett Ridge, Dave Creighton Jr. with you. As we are each week from 5 to 6 o'clock here on 1350. We are uh, usually at G G-Migs in studio today with David over uh, in Iowa City playing a little golf today. But we'll be back at G GMIGS next week and get you set for Michigan State next week. After the Hawks uh, head in. The, kick. Right. It's 6.30 kick. Good point. They have uh, moved that to 6.30 on NBC. On NBC. Is that what it was? Yeah. Anyway. Uh, yeah. I don't know. But good news
0: for DirecTV people because NBC is now back on.
1: That That is. This is the first, this week's game on CBS. Uh, first time. I didn't realize this. Just, you know, we used to be on CBS back in the, back in the, Hayden days, in right? The, in the glory days. 1997 was the last time Iowa appeared on, on CBS. That's that's quite something. Anyway, on the line with us. Is this, Era going to do the color? I, I don't think <laughs> we're going to see Era Parsigian this time around. No Musburger or, in, in era. This It's not going to happen. Uh, Tom Kaker of HawkeyeReport.com checking in with us uh, as he does each week and has for the past 20 years. Yes, 20 years. We appreciate that. Good afternoon, Tom.
2: Afternoon, gentlemen. I um, the CBS game was a Sun Bowl,
1: by the way. The last time they were on. Oh, yes, that's right. Lost.
2: And and fun fun fact that I looked up this week when it was announced they were going to be on NBC next week. Last time Iowa was on NBC was Rose Bowl.
1: Rose Bowl. Ooh. Chuck Ronnie. Ro- Ronnie Harmon. <laughs> R- Ronnie Harmon.
2: Yep. Oh man, the last that was the last <laughs> time Iowa was on NBC.
1: Well, so uh neither of those are great memories let's hope we can make some better memories this <laughs> week you, you know um you know Tom I want to I want to go to a couple of things that I, I wanted to know your observations uh on because on, yeah. David and I, David and I uh on the way home the other night were picking and choosing a number of things and trying to figure out from the stands a, a couple of pieces that we just couldn't grab so when the offense the offensive line this week, they're still rotating a few guys in and out of there. Tendencies on who was better. Rusty Fifth, Nick DeYoung. What do you think? You know, Rusty only played like 19 snaps. So, uh, that was my question. So, what do you think? Um you know, I I think DeYoung
2: probably earned it. He's played I thought he played well. I thought everybody on the offensive line played well this past week
1: guy, I'm with so, you. I'm with Tom yeah I, I think we noticed Bo Stevens had a, a couple of tough plays but yeah. most all of them did but I'm just trying to I'm just, we were trying to pick and choose who might who might have been better if anybody and I think your snap count comes down to it doesn't really show anything other than the starters did really well and everybody else did when they came in but
0: Brett did you see that uh Logan Jones was the highest rated power five center for the week I did uh, not. Pro football. Uh,
1: but that was the next spot I was going to go was his improvement, and and that was the other Played thing wow. that we picked out. I mean, my gosh, he's 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 looking like another one of our fan- <laughs> well-known centers leading the charge down yeah. the field on some of those plays.
2: He is. He's uh, you know he was kind of leading away on that that uh, little screen pass to um, Williams. <laughs> looking for somebody to hit. Looking for somebody to hit because there's nobody there, but he was down there and he was ready to ready to smoke somebody if he needed to. And um, yeah, they've you know he is he might be the most improved player on the team. And, I'm um, Tom. I'm I'm hundred percent
0: with you yeah. on that.
2: Yeah, we we, we and, and yeah. you know uh, privately, Kirk Ferentz has felt like he could be a all Big Ten type player. So um, I
0: think that's um, that's on the way. Well they don't. Maybe. That's a long that's a long ways from having those delayed snaps yes. that we had early last yeah. year and all those things that happened. Sure is. Sure
1: and and is. they they don't yeah. choose that guy that that position lightly. The guy that they want to own that spot lightly, right? So that he's got to have a little a lot of athleticism and and he's got to be smart. And it it it, did, it didn't show up last year, but boy it certainly is showing up this year and it's going to be valuable this week. As uh, Peter Camp here, our engineer in the studio, and I were just discussing, it's going to be valuable this week. Uh, It's going to be hard to hear the quarterback a number of times.
2: Yeah, it's um, they've been pumping in some sound in practice this week, from what the players said today, and uh, like putting some speakers right next to the line of scrimmage and things like that to make it um, make it very difficult to hear Cade McNamara. So. They're preparing as much as they can in a way that will potentially help them. But, um, you know, the big story today, guys, is Kirk confirming what everybody kind of knew, that Luke Lachey has done yeah. for the year. And um, and also that Jess Patterson and um, Caleb Johnson are going to be out this week, both with uh, what he called lower leg injuries, which to me says ankle
1: <laughs> yeah. So right.
2: um, I know Caleb's got the dreaded uh, high ankle. So he may be another week after this week before he gets back. So um, it's just, uh, you know, Leshawn Williams, Kamari Moulton, Terrell Washington Jr., come on down.
1: But well, I think the, the next, thing. Next man in, right? Next Tom? man in. But I think the What's thing that's that? def- difficult there, boy. Jazz Patterson had looked to me like uh the blocking back that every quarterback would love to have back there with him, right? Picking up every blitz and he was just looking so tough. And that's where and I'm not saying LaShawn is lacking in that area right now. I haven't seen it a whole lot yet, right? We just got a little taste of him the other day. Um, but it 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 could come into play that that that's the biggest contribution you'll miss this week out of Jazz Patterson. It's not necessarily running forward as much as it is trying to trying to keep people off of, of K McNamara.
2: Yeah, I'll tell you. Penn State's defense is obviously, you know, all due respect to Iowa State. It's the best defense that they're gonna see. Um have seen this year. And um secondary might be as good as any in the country. Um, you know, i got Top Robinson up front who's a terrific um defensive lineman. and uh Carter, their linebackers really good. They've got ten sacks already this year through three games, uh five interceptions. So they're playing with aggression. And here's the other thing, guys, that you gotta remember not saying that I expect it or anything like that, but just that, you know, if James Franklin has a chance to step on you, he will step on you. Yep. So that's um that's got to be a, a thing. I mean, he did it earlier this year to um, to West Virginia. West Virginia. You know, yep. You know, and there's some, I you know, I know Kirk kind of downplayed it, but some bad blood about the the falling down stuff too. So, um, you know, the guy's just <laughs> magically yeah. falling
1: down. Yeah. Well, but they did it. So I. Yeah. Okay. okay. <laughs> <laughs> I mean. <laughs> they did it. They've had kids transfer that have confirmed after they left. Yeah, he told us to, to go to the ground. Right? They they did it. Yeah. Right? Might make him mad, yep. but you know that's all right. If that's yeah. if that's in his head, you know I like it when I like it when Kirk's in other people's heads. I think Kirk's in Matt Campbell's heads. I think Kirk is definitely in PJ Flex's head, and who knows? Oh. You know, I, I think he's in others. Right? Just because he doesn't change what he's doing which may make us frustrated, but it just drives the other coaches nuts, right? They're trying to figure out how to beat him, and he's trying to figure out how to just do his thing.
0: Yep. Kirk Kirk is a keep
1: it simple guy.
0: 201 wins keeping it simple. Yeah,
1: exactly. Exactly. Um, All right, Tom, so you look at this game coming up this week and Penn State going in at, at, at number six right now seemingly easily the best the best te- Big 10 team on paper does Iowa have to get something crazy to happen or can they grind it out and and make this into a game that's more of their of their liking do they need a do they need a, a defensive touchdown this week or can they can they grind this out with a good offense and, and their solid defense and find a way to to not only cover those 14 points but come out with a win
2: I'm not saying they have to play a game that was like Villanova in 1985 and the uh, NCAA championship <laughs> game, but they got to do some. They got to. They got to be able to run the ball because I don't think Iowa's going to be able to throw it around the yard. They're going to need to control the clock to keep that offense off the field. Uh, if they can do those two things, you got a chance. And the, but they're going to have to run the ball, and they're going to have to be effective are going to have to create a couple turnovers. I mean, uh, I'm getting down the list here, guys. Yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> right, right.
1: You, you, that's, there's some that's,
2: things that yeah. have to go right for Iowa to to go into Happy Valley and the whiteout. And um, you know, it's funny as I'm looking at the weather forecast because I'll be going out there, and um, it's eerily similar to a game in 2009 where it's going to be raining
1: and oh, good,
2: uh, uh, gloomy and you know, uh, just not, not a pleasant day. And, um, we all remember what happened on that night in 2009 where Iowa, you know, Adrian Claiborne the block her around the world and, um, right. you know, just that everybody remembers that moment and how that game changed on a dime. And that, came, I mean, that just, that, that script flipped and it was, it was fast and it was uh, pretty impressive.
1: Yeah, Penn State
0: hit the You know what's funny, Brett? You know what's funny about that play? It was punt safe. <laughs> it, yeah. It was punt safe. They just had the four linemen in, and Claiborne just ran through through the gap, blocked the punt, ball bounced up, and as Brent Mus- Musburger said, it's going to be an Sco- Iowa touchdown. up.
1: Well, uh, hey, Ontario Thompson. I don't really believe they were doing anything special with him the other day either. He almost got to the to the first one in the second half, and the he first definitely one. yeah, and he almost and he definitely got the other one. Good to see him, by the way, getting some some playing time uh, coming in from JUCO, a debut kid, right? And uh, then in, in Iowa Wesleyan. Um, but uh, but again, sometimes punt safe means they're they're not paying attention, right? And so that that's not entirely. Bad. I I wouldn't mind seeing this be a quagmire, Tom. I think that might help Iowa a little bit. I, I'm not I'm not. Sure, but I think it might. All right, hey, uh, we are gonna have to get to a break, uh, but uh, we pre- appreciate you checking in, and all uh, we'll, right, we'll talk to you next week after Iowa pulls the the uh, the upset heard around the world. How's that? Well,
2: that sounds like a great idea, guys. Right. Thanks for having me on. <laughs> <All right>. Hey, <laughs> class is half Tom. full
1: until it's not. All right, Tom Gakert of HawkeyeReport.com checking in and uh, we appreciate him and the on three network that uh, that his uh, website is part of you not only get uh, a bunch of good stuff out of him but of course recruiting news as well all right we're going to head to a break we'll come back a couple of other news and notes from around the hawkeye world and then we'll get back into the uh, into the preparations for iowa and penn state when we come back. On 1021 FM and 1350 ESPN Des Moines. Saturday morning means sporting news for every season. 7 to 9 on Outdoor Call Radio with Outdoors Dan on 1021 FM, 1350 ESPN. Des Moines Sports Leader. And we're back on the Hawkeye Huddle. Brett Reg, Dave Creighton Jr. with you. Hey, we're on Des Moines Sports Leader, David. You yes, know, We are. We are. Oh, it's great to be here. Leading into the Cubs tonight. Cubs uh, 6 40, I believe, first pitch uh, at home against Pittsburgh. Not sure if it's raining over that way or not. Big series after the Cubs kind of taking a dive here and there in the last couple of, of uh, series. Need, need,
0: yeah. uh, you got Pittsburgh and Colorado at home, right?
1: Got to win. Uh, yeah. Got to win eight. Uh, uh, they got 12 left. I think they got to win uh, uh, maybe seven. Nine? seven eight, eight to be safe, seven possibly. Nine would get it done for sure, right? The problem is you got the Braves and the Brewers after that, and the Braves are tough, obviously, and and the well, Brewers. Now, maybe you know, the but, Braves,
0: the Braves might be locked in, and and maybe they
1: start uh, resting some guys, put off. The yeah, gap. it might be. Same with the Brewers. The Brewers may well have it well in hand by then, and and, and lay off a little bit. Cubs need that to happen. Got to got to wake up the bats a little bit and a little bit more of the confidence. Fun to be talking about at uh, at uh, the end of the year, anyway. But uh, still coming up. All right, field hockey. Got we got to update the field hockey because they're the number one team in the nation. I don't know how many people just watched. drove by the stadium. Did you? There you go. Well, there. It and and of course, uh, Iowa f- beat Vermont and uh, five to nothing. And Merrimack eight to nothing. Uh, this last week they take on Michigan uh, over in Ann Arbor, 5 p.m. on BTM Plus. I think that's Friday. Uh, but I'm gonna, I'm going to get this name wrong because I'm not an expert. But Dion Ben is the Big Ten Offensive Player of the Week. She had five goals and four assists, currently leading the country, by the way, uh, with 21 goals so far in the young season. There ain't no and number one. Uh, she's from the Castricum, from Castricum, Netherlands. How do they go she's over there? She's Dutch. Well, yeah. Uh, by the way, I'm part... It's, uh, the, it's the Pella yeah. connection. It's the, there you go. Um, they did a great job. Did you recruiting. see they got a transfer from North Carolina
0: going did, to Iowa next
1: year? I, did they, I, did she commit or did she just visit? I, I, well, oh, I thought she committed. I, maybe she did. Maybe she did. I know they this, talked to her. This didn't. just in
0: I'm not a hundred percent on my field hockey recruiting. Yeah, me, so. me either.
1: Right. But we, we, we got to give them their due, uh, running at, you know, they were number one in the country for like eight weeks last year and, uh, setting up there this year after their, uh, their early season success. Isn't Michigan like top 10? I didn't say it on the release I read, but All right. very well could be. You know, let's say they're top 20. Isn't Campman Parkman a convicted felon? I don't have that here. I, I don't, don't I, know. <laughs> the soccer team tied <laughs> Illinois one to one. They're six 0 and two. I thought they were ranked for a little while, but I don't have that either. But uh, that's pretty cool. Six. The soccer team's been not not been great for a while, but they're pretty good this year. And the men's basketball season uh, kicks off in November. The schedule came out today, David. I don't know if you noticed, but, of course, we've talked I about did the not. fact they uh, they will head to Creighton in uh, in November. I,
0: that I did know. Um, I did know that. And Brucey e at GMIGS and I were actually talking about maybe a road trip.
1: That might be a good roadie. That's an easy one to make, too. I mean, I did the Nebraska thing last year. It's an easy one to make. Also, Oklahoma on the schedule and uh, either USC or Seton Hall in a tournament out in California. And then they go to Iowa State as well. Um, <laughs> they also do have seven teams that finished plus 230 in the net last year. So they'll get some victories in there. Uh, the tough stretch in there, again, is this beginning of December. They always have it because Iowa State's always going to be tough for them. Uh, aside from being a good program, it's the, the rival. So, you throw at Purdue, at Iowa State, and then home at Michigan all between December 4th and December 10th. Seven days. Wow. Three tough games. Um, the other notable thing is they'll finish up the season on senior day at home against Illinois, which is always a war. That's on my birthday, March 10th. And we always lose on my all birthday. Right. Yeah, no, no, we always <laughs> lose on my birthday. But anyway, an interesting schedule. I think Fran has gone back. This team obviously not going to be quite uh, quite as solid, uh, I think, at least at the beginning of the season as as maybe the last couple of years. You don't have the All Americans <laughs> on here. You've had three straight well, first yeah. round draft picks, right? But uh, but there's some uh, trust me, there's some talent there. People haven't seen. Uh, they're going to like what the Hawkeyes do this year. It's just going to they're, they're going to play some uh, some easier teams to start the year. But Creighton certainly no slouch. Finished in the top twenty five, and of course Oklahoma and USC and Seton Hall on there with Iowa State. That ought to be a lot of fun. Creighton right. will probably be top ten. Well, you think they to start? How many guys they lose? What? Not they were, enough. They were elite eight, right? They went to the elite eight. Yeah, yeah. Or
0: Sixteen
1: at least. Yeah. No, elite eight. Yeah. She, I think they, they should have went the final four. Yeah. R- lost a close one right at the end, right? San Diego State. Yep. Well, that'll be a fun one. We'll see how that goes. I was actually had a tough time playing Creighton. I think they've taken them on twice in the last, or, uh, in, probably in the last twenty years. But both times they took them on, they got beat pretty handily. I don't think. Uh, They've had a whole lot of success. Okay. All right, we got another break, it's David. A nice job there. We got another break. We'll come back. We'll get things set for uh, for Saturday against Penn State when we come back on the Hawkeye Huddle on 1021 FM and 1350 ESPN Des Moines. This
2: is the voice of Drake Women's Basketball, Hunter Phillips. And you're listening to 1021 FM and 1350 ESPN Des Moines.
1: And we're back here on the Hawkeye Huddle. Brett Ridge, Dave Creighton Jr. with you. Join us each week from 5 to 6 o'clock here on Tuesday nights. Uh, We'll be talking the world of the Iowa Hawkeyes all the way through the winter sports season. They'll usually wrap up somewhere in the middle of March. Uh, Don't
0: forget, Brad, they can download our podcast at thehawkeyehuddle.com for free.
1: That is a great point at thehawkeyehuddle.com. Usually get that up sometime mid-morning tomorrow, right, Wednesdays. So go on out there and check it out. And uh, yeah, Lord willing, the women's basketball team will be as good as last year, and we'll be talking about it and stay on the air all the way through the end, all the way into April, right? Um, by the all way, the way they're, into April. they're into the end zone now, completely sold out on the sides for the crossover at Kinnick. So let's it's gonna hope be it's amazing. a nice day. Let's hope it's a nice day, right? Those tickets are only five bucks, well, which is a nice idea, right?
0: Well, just like the wrestling thing.
1: Yeah, well, that actually. Uh, they lucked out with an unbelievably gorgeous day in November for that. That was terrific. So we'll see how this goes. But right now I, I think you can count on over 40,000 people to watch Iowa play DePaul in an exhibition on, I believe it's October 15th in Kinnick stadium. It's a Sunday. That'd be a lot of fun. Um I'd be interesting to see whether, um you know, how they treat it because you, you got to start looking at it uh, traffic wise as, as you would a normal football game, right? I mean, Oh, yeah. Right. And it's going to be, should be expected. People will want to do normal tailgating and all that. And yet at the same time, I think all of us that have paid parking spots don't have them for that game. So it'll be interesting to see how that develops for everybody.
0: All right. Sorry, Brett. I'm having a bit of a sneezing issue. So uh, I've been on mute. Don't,
1: uh, <laughs> we couldn't tell. You could have you just let that go and we would not have. I know, no. but we I would never would.
0: didn't want that pregnant pause. <laughs>
1: A um, couple of other things this this last week that I think play well going into this game. Of course, we've seen Jay Higgins come in at the linebacker and really fill in, uh, you know, fill in nicely. Uh, we probably thought he would based on sort of some of the things actually you could read out of his dad coming off Twitter about the way he's learned the defense. But Nick Jackson's coming along. I think uh, Nick yes. got sucked in a couple of times on that. Uh, you know, we kind of thought that. He was probably supposed to spy the quarterback and a couple of those quarterback uh, sneaks that gained a lot of yardage early in the game, but after that, uh, he he wrapped it up. They tightened it up. They mixed up who was cra- if the uh, if the end was crashing or not. He ended up with nine tackles. Higgins had nine tackles. And really, honestly, if you go back and look at it, that's what the Iowa linebackers are supposed to do. They're supposed to lead the team in tackles, and they're doing that. And that's going to speak well for this game.
0: Yeah, the only thing that I'm concerned about with the defense at all is getting pressure on the quarterback. And and I don't feel like we've gotten the push. I said it on Saturday. I turned around and said to you and Andrew, I was like, it's the first time I feel like we're missing Noah Shannon um, up front. And it's not to say that the guys we have in there are not good. I think Aaron Graves is going to be an incredible, incredible football player. Um, and, but he's still learning. You know, Yahweh Black's doing a nice job. It's We're not getting any push from the inside. Uh, Joe Evans is, is doing
1: his thing. Perkett uh, got in there a little Herc- bit the other day. Herc- we, I, think Herc- we had, I think we had, think we had two the sacks end. the other day. But, yeah, it's been few and far between.
0: Um, now, well, and, you you know, know. Some, some of that's predicated on, you know, three-step drops, yep. and you get the ball yep. and you chuck it. But there were there were times the other day, and there's been times so far this season, the first three games, where I felt like we we've had opportunities to put some pressure on the quarterback. Now, keep in mind we're, we haven't been blitzing very much. We have not been you know trying to dial things in and dial things up up until the end of the Iowa State game, when when Phil, you know, decided to send in Castro and, and some of the other things. So, here's my question to you. Jamari Harris had a rough a rough day on Saturday. His first game he's played in year and a half, two almost two years. Are you going to be comfortable letting them go one on one against Penn State and trying to blitz? or Are you going to sit back, play the zone, you know, play the cover three and, and do or cover four, whatever it is that I, the quarters that Iowa does, and, and try to do that without trying to get pressure on, on Penn State and the quarterback?
1: I think uh, so I I I think you're I think that's the way they're going to do it though. I mean, first of all, I still am not 100% convinced that Harris just completely got beat. I think he might have there was some miscommunication there. I I, I saw them looking at each other. Xavier, well, the second yeah. one was a miscommunication. The it second,
0: was all right. on him. Yeah. He fell down and the guy he ran by down. him, yes. and they got called back for a holding call, yes. but Right.
1: He fell down, but um n- nonetheless, you pointed out earlier in the when we were talking about the Brian Ference uh, end around um, silly call. Right. It, it, what happens is, and th- this is what Iowa banks on, right? They bank on you getting an itchy trigger finger. You drive, you take eight, eight, nine, ten plays to drive to the twenty-yard line. Suddenly, you try to take three shots at the end zone, right? And and right. And, 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 and in the Iowa State game, Matt Campbell did the same thing, right? They opened, the, they opened the game. They drove right down the field, Dinkin and Duncan. But suddenly he decided to take a shot at the end zone on second and uh, second and and long. And now you're at third and long. Right. And so Iowa is going to do that. I I think we're going to see that to start. And if it's not working, then he'll switch over. The one thing I will say is that Phil Parker, I think, goes into a game and does have uh, the wherewithal to switch his strategy and to dial up
0: on a dime.
1: He thinks about yes. it differently. I think, I think he notices things a little differently and I'm sorry. I just don't think Brian picks up on things as easily. in some of his offensive coaches as Phil does. And Phil knows when to turn that switch on, but we're, I, I would not be shocked if early we saw Penn state drive down the field a handful of times come away, maybe with three points or less. And, um, we call that good, and if they get into the end zone a couple times early, then things change up, and they start trying to dial up a blitz here and there, and they give up on whether or not they can cover the underneath passes. Right? You start doing some of those twists, but uh, you know, I would be shocked if they came out and just and went full bore and started and, and started something that he that he's not normally comfortable with. Um, I, the big thing about this game, and we got two minutes left, David. The, the big thing about this yep. game is if Iowa loses knock on whatever that they don't, right? But if Iowa loses right. seasons, plenty of seasons in front of you. Big Ten West is god-awful, right? It's just grotesque looking well, at how Iowa's the Iowa's the only 3-0 team in right. the Big Ten West. Right, okay. bad teams out there, plenty of games to win, nothing to lose. Um, I'll Let that lead into um what I was just saying about the defense. Iowa has given up one touchdown or less in 12 of their last 16 games. Think about Twelve of their last sixteen games, something's being done right, and it's not necessarily because you're blitzing the quarterback, right? I think right. Iowa. I I I think Iowa. I you know I have to say my my last call this week. I think the Hawks lose, but I think they cover. I think they cover. They get uh, they get this is a, this is a twenty seven seventeen game, uh, and Iowa Iowa covers uh, loses, has some dignity, and comes back and really wallops Michigan State.
0: See, I I, I look at this as it's more like twenty seven to seven. And it's it's not that the defense does anything wrong. It's that the offense puts the defense in a bad spot here or there. And Iowa's offense just can't sustain anything against the Penn State defense. And I hope I'm wrong. But I just – Penn State's good. I mean, I, I watched that entire uh, West Virginia game. I think that they're the best team, honestly. I think it's Michigan and Penn State. I think is yeah, third this year. I agree. Yep. And and I think that that they you know, the only two games on their schedule that they should potentially lose are to Michigan and, and or to Ohio State. And so if Iowa is able to pull this off, and I sure as heck hope that they can, uh, it's it is it's twelve twelve to ten 12 or something to 10. like that.
1: Hawks wearing black pants on the it. road this week, by the way. Well, by Is the that way, for alternate, sure? alternate unis. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Not there so bad. You go. And hey, Kirk Ferentz has a winning record against Penn State. Hawks have uh, a winning record in Happy Valley over the last 15 games. It's possible it can happen, right? Not, so you're
0: saying there's a chance? I'm
1: saying there's a chance. All right. I like hey, it. Hey, thanks to everybody helping us out on the program this week, especially here, Peter Camp, here in the studio. and uh Fun to have somebody around to listen to me while I'm ranting and raving and not just talking on the phone. David uh, Crane Jr. over in Iowa City. Tom Kaker, of course, from HawkeyeReport.com. And thanks to all of you for listening. We'll join you next week on the Hawkeye Huddle on 1021 FM and 1350 ESPN Des Moines.